Welcome in the somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends with highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence provider here to help focus you. I'm growing your mobile app and putting you on the map. So when people pull out their phone, it's the first thing they want to tell. So crack yourself a beer and give a listen here because the best podcast and mobile just landed in your ear. Welcome into Somewhat Mobile, an original series from Aptopia where we talk shop with the best in the game, some of the brightest people in mobile in order to add transparency to the app ecosystem. I'm Adam Blacker, joined by my co-host Madeline Lenahan, and together we're responsible for all the content and data made publicly available from Aptopia. Today we're joined by the writer of the Information's Creator Economy newsletter and former CNN tech reporter Kaya Yuryev. Kaya. The creator economy, that's a phrase that I think only popped up in the past couple of years or so. So could you explain what it is? Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. At a very basic level, it's basically this new model where anyone with an online following can make money from their fans and their audience. And I think the word creator a few years ago, we would have associated it with just a YouTube creator or maybe even an influencer creator. But now it encompasses more and more people. There's chefs on TikTok, there's VCs selling online courses, there's, you know, beauty experts on Instagram. So I think it just encompasses more people. We're seeing independent journalists start Substack. So it's really become more of a diverse ecosystem now. I have trouble with the chefs on TikTok. I love to cook, but like, it's like these like, you know, 30 to 60 second videos. They're so quick. And I'm like, I got my notepad and I'm trying to write it down. Like what, <laughs> what the instructions are. It's tough. I know they make it look so easy, but there's good <laughs> info there. There's really good recipe info on TikTok. There is. So I, this is what I was thinking about, kind of like a chicken or an egg scenario. Like, who has more power in terms of drawing the other in, do you think? Like the creators of the audience, do do the creators flock to where there are users, like a big platform? Or once you're big enough, will fans just follow you anywhere you go? I think it's a very symbiotic relationship. I think about this a lot because I think they both feed off of each other and need each other. And I think we're seeing this shift where fans almost have a little bit more power because creators are trying to make more money from them. I think TikTok has, has really changed the game because it's leveled the playing field. So anyone can suddenly go viral overnight and build this massive following. So I think once you're really big, you see creators become big on all social media platforms. But with the fan dynamic, um, there's a bunch of startups now that are popping up to try to kind of formalize those relationships. You have Cameo, you have OnlyFans, you have all these ways where creators and fans can directly monetize. There's one kind of example of a new uh, startup that's in beta mode. And it's a little bit of like a Black Mirror-esque situation, but it's called Nunu. And it describes itself as this human stock market where basically fans can pay to vote in polls to decide what a creator wears or what a creator eats that day. So you're seeing like fans become kind of more and more important, um, especially as creators are trying to squeeze more money out of them. I feel like we're in a Black Mirror episode all the time, for sure. So that makes me a little uncomfortable, that idea. Uh, But you mentioned TikTok. That's the one that comes to mind for me immediately, like the biggest creator economy hub. But obviously, all the big tech companies are fighting for creator talent. Do you find that to be the case? Do you think creators are using all platforms? And just any thoughts on the landscape in general there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for pretty much 10 years, with the exception of YouTube, these platforms really got away with not paying creators at all. And it was enough for them to just be able to build a following there. And I think the rise of TikTok has really upended this whole industry. And now all these social media platforms in the last six months to a year have 
really stepped up efforts. They've launched creator funds where they pay creators based on the views they get. They're launching more and more direct monetization. Instagram in particular was very resistant to offer any monetization. And now they have, you know, tipping and live streams and they're thinking about subscriptions and all these other different avenues. So I think they've realized that creators are really important engagement and revenue drivers and they need to keep them happy because they have so many options now. But I think at the end of the day, creators are going to want to be on multiple platforms. So speaking of, uh, you know, all these, all these different potentially new platforms, Clubhouse is a big, at least it gets a lot of media coverage, right? We'll, we'll put it that way. So the, the premise, if you guys don't know, you're probably already listening to the wrong podcast, but like it's social audio. And so is that sustainable? Is that a company or is that a feature? Do you think? It's interesting. I mean, it definitely started as a company, but we're seeing all these copycats now. So we have Twitter spaces, Facebook is talking about launching audio products. We have Discord. Voice has been a big thing on Discord, but they launched stage channels, which is a little bit more like Clubhouse. So we are seeing copycats. I think about it a little bit like Instagram or with Snapchat stories, which Instagram copied so expertly, <laughs> where stories suddenly went on all these platforms. You have them on LinkedIn, you have them on Twitter in the form of fleets. But they didn't really catch on, except for on Instagram, where that is really the king format. But you do look at stories more as a format now. So I, I think the big question with social audio is it launched at the perfect time during the pandemic. A lot of people were at home and had more time on their hands. So I think that will be the key of what happens when people return to work. Are we going to see the consumption patterns change where it's people are interacting with it during the commute? Or are we going to just see it totally drop off? I'm not sure. But I think there is appeal to that concept of a little bit more of an interactive co- uh, podcast where people can chime in and ask questions and it's a little more spontaneous. That's like, um, it, it kind of, and I'm waiting for this to launch the, um, is it called Fireside? The, the Mark Cuban thing he like announced, but isn't out yet? Yeah, I think Fire is in the name. I'm not sure, but it's like a Clubhouse-like platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see that, yeah, because it's supposed to be like a live interactive podcast situation. So maybe we can make use of it. I don't know. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge with live audio and which is also the benefit is if you don't drop in at the right time, you miss the whole conversation. So I think like some of that FOMO is what drives it and makes it popular. But then I think also someone might not be able to drop everything to listen to this conversation. So what does that look like when you're suddenly in the middle and you don't really know what's going on? That's been my problem sometimes when I've dropped into Twitter spaces or Clubhouse. What I would say my problem is just before we move on is I have lately been accidentally joining rooms. I they gives you a notification on your phone and my phone's in my pocket or my phone's nearby. I accidentally <laughs> click it. All of a sudden someone's talking. I don't know if I have talking privileges and I'm like, oh no, what did they hear? So that has been a little bit of a problem. I would say that maybe we could iron out Clubhouse developers. If you're listening, maybe we could work on that. But since we're on the subject too, Clubhouse rolled out tipping. And so let's talk revenue generation for creators in general. You reported on a survey which said that most creators' brand deals are their single greatest source of revenue. But do most creators get brand deals? That's kind of question one. And then question two, like I said, there's tipping. So that's obviously the latest trend. It's the most accessible form of revenue generation. But does it actually provide like supplemental income for these folks? Is it actually a solid option for them? 
Yeah. So on the first one, I mean, brand partnerships have been the bread and butter for so long because Instagram and other platforms didn't have a way to make money. Creators kind of figured had to figure it out on their own. And, and the main way they did that was by promoting a brand or promoting a product. That's still very heavily the number one way that creators make money. You know, even if you're not a big creator, brands are still attracted to you and want to reach your audience. They might send you a free product, for example, instead of paying you. But yeah, that survey showed that 77% of creators surveyed said that brand uh, sponsorships were the number one revenue driver. I mean, that will vary a little bit depending on the main platform. So for example, OnlyFans and Twitch subscriptions and tipping are huge. But I think for TikTok and Instagram in particular, brand sponsorships is really the, the main viable way to make money. On YouTube, you have AdSense, so you get some revenue from ads running on your videos. But unless you're a huge YouTuber or rise to a certain level, that's not going to be your, your core income. Tipping is interesting. We've seen for a while creators put like their Venmo handle or their cash app in their bio to try to like drum up some sort of financial support. And it, it works for some people. I think the problem that Clubhouse creators in particular have had with tipping is you don't really have repeat tippers. So maybe someone will tip you once but it's not really a dependable income stream. On the other hand, some clubhouse creators were like, wow, I made you know a couple hundred dollars from being in a room for 30 minutes. So that's pretty good. But I think it's just a very unstable income stream because it's so new still on clubhouse. A lot of people don't know about it. So it can feel very awkward to like be in this clubhouse room and feel like you're soliciting tips. So what they've had, what they've done is kind of have the host of the room say, Hey, if you found anything valuable, like, you know, you can tip these folks. So they've kind of, they've kind of tried to hack it. But I think the better, the stream that creators feel more comfortable with is when a fan gets something in return. And I think that's why Patreon has seen success or creators too have said, you know, Venmo me $10 and I'll add you to my Instagram close friend story and you can see more behind the scenes content. So I think that is a little bit more sustainable and creators and fans feel a little bit better about that than just kind of a one-time tip. Do you have any creators that you follow? Like, have you, do you have experience? Like, have you tipped anyone on any of these platforms? I haven't. I haven't. I feel like it's weird as a journalist. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, especially because I write about people. <laughs> so. No, Kaya, this is your, your burner account, your burner account. <laughs> I know, I haven't. I really haven't. I think it's still a little bit of a foreign concept for a lot of people. We're used to social media being free. Uh, Twitter now launched its subscription service. I'm really curious to see how that goes. But we've been trained that social media is free. We watch these creators for free. Um, so I think it's still not, it's really the super fans, the people who really love the creators the most that buy their merch that, you know, that do that. So I think it's still a foreign concept for a lot of people, even though they might want to support that person. It just, it feels weird to tip them. Right. Wait, uh, I have to ask this. Oh, Adam, go ahead if you want. I, I, well, I was going to say that I, I have tipped people on YouTube mm -hmm. and just to, one, because I want to know how it works. And so I, I went through the process. I did on YouTube like a, a, a I forget, a one ninety nine or two ninety nine. They're called Super Chats. Um, and, yeah. you know, obviously YouTube takes a percentage of that, but the, but the creator gets 30%. some. 30%. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was during a live stream. And then I, I actually went to go do it again the other day. And I, I don't know what the issue is, but there's, there's some malfunction. I don't know if it's Chrome that cause I was using Chrome, but it like won't let me send super chats anymore. So I kind of feel bad, but yeah, so I've done it. The person like shouts you out, says thanks. And then you move on with your life and you're like, Oh, all right. Well, now I'm $2 lighter in the, in the <laughs> wallet, but I like kind of felt good. Cause it, so I, not to go off too much on a tangent, but I love while I work, it helps me focus like these ASMR videos. And so this creator who I've been just 
listening to for for a long time i was like you know what he i i should probably pay this person something they helped me wait so are you a repeat tipper then are you one of those rare repeat tippers or were they different guys no i tried to be i have tipped two different ones but then i tried to do it again and i i don't know if they just like I don't know what the issue is. It might be an issue on my side, the tech, but it like will not mm. all the all the super chats fail now. Wow. Well, interesting. Well, you should ask YouTube about that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So to move on a little bit, Kai, I know you haven't necessarily reported on this, but from our angle, and I don't I really don't know what to call them. I've been calling them read write creator apps. They're apps like Webtoon or Dream. Essentially what they are is people who write novels maybe romance novels or even comic books, they create them, they put them online, and they might go behind a paywall or certain chapters might go behind a paywall and their fans can pay them. So it's a similar, it has its own spot in the creator economy. We've seen that over the past six months, the in-app purchase revenue has been growing at a very fast clip, I think 50% for the market. But my question to you, Kaya, is do you think that medium, that like written medium in today's day and age, do you think that limits its upside compared to YouTube and Twitch, like where maybe, you know, we see right now that it's one of the fastest growing segments of of what I would deem the creator economy, but maybe its ceiling isn't nearly as high as some of the video stuff? I think that's a good question, but I think we've seen Substack be really successful. And I think especially when you have really amazing talent and writers, whether they're journalists from the New York Times or, you know, independent writers really lean into that. And we've seen newsletters be super popular. So I would not discount, you know, written medium in, in any way. I mean, I think too, it's it's a different skill set, but I think there's also a really a higher barrier to entry with video, especially YouTube. You need an editor, you need lights, you need to make long form content. I mean, I'm biased because I'm a writer, but writer writing is way easier <laughs> for me to do than than to create a YouTube video. And I think a lot of TikTok creators see that too. They try to make that jump from TikTok to YouTube, and it's a challenge because you know TikTok obviously requires a lot of creativity, but all the barrier to entry is so much lower. All the tools and editing is mostly done within the app. You can you, you can make a very short piece of content. So I think, you know, we could definitely see more writers. I and mean, obviously you need huge talent to write well too, but I would not discount the the writing segment of this at all. Excellent. Well, I think you've sort of answered this already, but <laughs> it's clear the creator economy has made a huge impact on all of us. Kids you know, they dream about being a YouTuber instead of an astronaut or a movie star. So should brands be spending their money and time investing in creators? Yeah, I mean, when I saw that study, it like broke my heart a little bit that, <laughs> that kids want to be YouTubers over astronauts. But I think it just shows like how mature this industry has become and how this is a really viable income stream. I think especially for Gen Z, um, who I'm sure were a lot of respondents in that st- in that study. Like I remember when I was at VidCon in 2019, which is this huge conference that brings together creators and their fans and brands. And I talked to a lot of the attendees and they were like, I'm more excited about seeing my favorite YouTuber than I would like a movie celebrity. So like internet fame is real. And I think brands, I mean, brands already, I think are really leaning into this. I wrote about a study recently too that showed a huge jump in brands that are going to be doing sponsored posts on TikTok now. Instagram has been kind of the key, but I think a lot of brands, brands a lot of times are early movers, especially kind of the the smaller brands really lean into this and, you know, are some of the first on TikTok. So, I mean, I think it's a great way to for brands to reach uh, reach audiences and it's it feels a little bit more authentic than normal advertising, although it depends on the influencer. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and answering all of our questions. We are not done yet, though. (laughs) We are, for the first time ever, going to play an under-over game. 
And so for everyone listening and for Kaya and Madeline who haven't had this explained to them yet, I'm going to name an app and maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. I'll give you a quick sentence about like what that app is, what it does. And then I'm going to say, you know, under over X amount of downloads past 30 days worldwide. So past 30 days worldwide, those are the parameters. And you just have to guess whether it is under or over. And then I'll tell you the exact amount of downloads. Does that sound good? All right, let's do it. I'm sweating because I feel like this looks a lot worse if I don't do well. (laughs) I know, I feel like it's low pressure for me. (laughs) Wait, Adam, to be clear again, past 30 days downloads. Past 30 days worldwide. So the first app I think you've both probably heard of, Dispo. So for those who don't know, Dispo, you can take photos that have that like 90s Polaroid filter on them. And, but you can't view them just like, you know, if you were taking an actual Polaroid, can't view them until they develop. So for Dispo, that's 9 a.m. the next day. All right. So Dispo, past 30 days, under or over 250,000 downloads? Under. Yeah, under. You're both saying under? That yes. is correct. It is under. I believe it is. I'm going to look it up for certain right now. I I did a bad thing and I'm not on the internet yet. So hold on. It is under and the correct number is 200,000 downloads. Hmm. I do feel a little bit like a cheater there because I did analyze Dispo not too long ago, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next app, which I have not heard of, it recently trended up the charts for a little bit there. Uh, It's called Forgotten App. So Its description says, The world of graffiti and decay offer unique backdrops for photo shoots like no other. Discover them with Forgotten, where you'll have access to countless free urban photography locations. So basically, it's like, oh, is there like a cool graffiti wall somewhere? And it gives you directions like how to get there, whether you're walking or driving. So it probably taps into Google Maps or something. So, you know, this is probably for influencers. So the Forgotten app, under or over 50,000 downloads. That's hard. I know it's low, but I don't know. I feel like this is a trick. I'm going to go over. I'm, I'm going to give it the I'm benefit. Gonna, I'm going to say over too. Ooh, it is under, my friends. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is 34,000 downloads past 30 days. Close. Um, we have two more. I'm, I'm having fun with this. We have Wombo. Have, you, have either of you heard of Wombo? No. Okay. This is... I remember it coming up, moving through the app store, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, every now and then it, it makes a little makes a little visit. So you you upload a selfie of yourself, obviously, and then you pick a song. And through, it says through AI, it makes you lip sync to that song that you picked with your selfie. And obviously you could probably use an image of someone else, right? Make your mom lip sync to like some, I don't know, Bruno Mars song or something. So... Under or over for Wombo, 5 million downloads. I'm going to say over. Yeah. People like these things. <laughs> I know it just seems like I'm agreeing with her on everything, but <laughs> We're I'm going to say same page. It's okay. over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, you're going over? That is correct. 9.13 million downloads for Wombo over the past 30 days. All right. The, the very Two last- for three. Yes. The very last one is Zenly. Zenly was, I think, somewhat recently acquired by Snapchat. And so what it is, is it's a live map of your friends and family or, you know, whoever you're stalking at that current moment. And and then you can, you know, see where they are, see that they've left you behind and went to a party and community and text them. And then they go, oh, crap, we forgot to turn our location off. You know, Bill's trying to join us and, and we don't want to hang out with Bill. That is what Zenly does. So Zenly, past 30 days, under or over 10 million downloads? Under. I'm going to say over. 
I'm going to go under. It's a terrible concept. <laughs> Snapmap is really popular, though. Snapmap is. is super popular. I'd assume if Snapchat bought it, it must be doing pretty well. Yes, yeah, it's doing decent, but it is under. It is 7.85 million downloads past 30 days. All right. I might have had the most fun there. I'm not sure. <laughs> that That's our game. And that's it. But so, yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I had fun. Yeah, thanks, Thank guys. It was a lot of fun. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The GK Vance and Sugar Dance can't quit. What? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my heaven with levitation from Reefers drenching deep as an E7 showboating with Rugas Flash vines Bella Fonte Digger Let's get forward this verb as we confiscate your figures Yes, and over brown levitating G-